Hello, my name is Annie Hoffman, and I'm here with Robert and Aliza Hoffman, residents of Sandy Hook, Connecticut, for the past 18 years. Aliza is 57 and a yoga teacher, and Robert is 64 and an insurance agent, and they've both endured the tragic shooting of Sandy Hook School, and we're here today talking about gun violence in schools. Going to start off the discussion by bringing up the new story of the Iona College student killed a couple of years ago in a city park by gun violence. And although that was not on campus, it just brings up the idea and question of how gun violence affects schools everywhere and how, you know, it could really happen to anyone and anywhere at this point. So, does anyone have any thoughts on? gun violence and how this can stop in our schools. Well, before I begin, I just want to say that I was never really a proponent of guns and I feel as though um, it's a mental health issue really and that Gun violence in schools and in our nation has become commonplace. I think it's almost a contagion behavior that has happened. It's become an epidemic and the gun safety laws really need to adapt to those times. And I think there should be some room in the laws and I think most people want the laws to change, and I think the NRA has really had our nation um, pause in this issue because they won't budge. And I think anything that we can do to try to stave off anyone else getting hurt is worth trying. And I think it re I think there's a lot of programs in schools now that are trying to address mental health and students being bullied. And I think that it's really helping the school community adapt to this new kind of behavior that's going on in our country. But I think it also needs for the gun lobby to move on this issue. And also schools need to be safer, built safer, so that if somebody decides they're gonna do something like this, and for that matter, movie theaters, synagogues, anywhere you go in the country, something like this could happen. So I have a little bit of a slightly different perspective. Um, we, we, this family did live through the Sandy Hook tragedy, the shooting. Um, you know, we were all very, very close physically and uh, emotionally to that school. And... Um, I've always been very comfortable around guns. I've been a licensed gun owner for a very long time. Although I do believe wholeheartedly that this is a mental health issue, um, I also do believe that there are certain types of weaponry that really don't belong in the hands of, of the public. Um, I think any type of military weaponry, any high capacity weaponry, any automatic weaponry really is not something that really needs to exist and, and be available to the general public. Because again, you know, being a mental health issue, we don't know who's gonna get access to those types of weapons and, and what they plan to do with that. I also think schools need to be a little more proactive. I know I attended a community college and my professor wasn't trained in um, active shooter 
situations. Protocol. No, he didn't have any training, which I was shocked to find out that that was true. And also in that same class, there was a young man and he, it was a, a sociology class. So a lot of kids had the opportunity to talk about their story. And he had a very disturbing story. And he basically admitted that he was having some serious mental health issues. And it really kind of took me aback to think that you know, here's a kid who's really struggling, hanging on in a community college, and, uh, you know, could he be a potential person, you know, if he was to get a hold of a gun to shoot the school, and what would the, what would our teacher do? And I think it's a very um, sensitive situation, especially when you're around a school and you're around you know, kids and teenagers and adults even. Uh, the police around and the security guards around really have to have the right training, which they do, of course, as policemen. But there really is a different kind of mental and physical state you need to be in to be able to, you know, stop someone with a gun or stop someone who's trying to create that kind of mass destruction, honestly especially around people who are just trying to learn and, you know, other people in the community who are just trying to live their daily lives. So I think it's very vital that these laws be put into place to make sure that everyone can stay safe in whatever they're doing in their daily life. And, you know, being at Iona College, I think that um, it's also important that every student feels safe. And, you know, after this incident with the student that was killed, of course, not on campus, but I remember I was going to school that year and I thought like, wow, that's very scary to think that this could happen somewhere where I'm about to be attending college. So that really affected me. And Yeah, I would think it would have affected you very deeply being from this town, being from Sandy Hook, having gone through this once before. I, I think there's an important point here with mental health because I think what we're dealing with is is a very, very complicated situation where people have their civil rights in terms of um, you know what their basic civil liberties allow them and that has to be balanced with the safety of others which has to be balanced with the rights of gun owners and if you take those three things and you realize that there has to be some type of compromise across those three areas a global compromise that's not an easy thing to do that's a very very hard place to get to well, I think it's really hard because there's so many guns available that are on the streets and it's very difficult to take guns away from responsible people and then knowing that there's so many guns on the black market, you're just not going to take all the guns away from everybody. It's just not going to happen. And the people who shouldn't have them are gonna end up with them. And then the people who need to protect themselves against those people, they're not gonna have any guns. I just don't know what the answer is to that part. You know, many cities have had these gun buyback programs where people are given, you know, cash or other incentives to bring their guns in. And unfortunately, it goes back to the old ad adage, if you outlaw guns, outlaws will have guns. Um, I don't believe that any, anybody who, who's mentally unstable and or is planning to do harm to someone else is going to be the type of person who's going to turn his gun in voluntarily. 
So even though these programs have good intention, um, I still think it goes back to better uh, identification of people who are possible threats and having enough uh, teeth in the law to be able to intervene uh, without trampling someone's civil rights and, and, and short circuit that person from doing something awful. Yeah, because I think also, too, the people that were really committing these atrocities as of late in the last you know, 10 years are people with mental health issues who have no, shown no um, history of violence prior to what they did. So, you know, how can you stop that? Yeah, I think all in all, it's really a mental health issue. It's a gun issue. It's how to stop crime in these schools and around the communities that we live in. And, you know, it's just really... A hard situation to deal with, but hopefully with time and effort by the government and by the community, we can really make a change. Yeah, I think it really boils down to, to all of us learning how to compromise. I mean, that's kind of, you know, meeting in the middle is where this whole country's at in the last couple of years. And I think the only way you make any progress is if everybody learns that they're going to have to give some. But I think also, too, that our... The people that we have in charge of the government need to listen to the people because I think most people want changes in the gun laws. And yeah, I think that I, I would make us say. All right. Thank you very much for being here with me today. And I hope you enjoyed listening. Thank you, Annie. Thank you. Thank you.